Hey, Wilder, it's me. It's me, Hollister. Hi, Hollister. It's so good to actually talk to you for the first time in a while. I know. We missed a week or two. I was, And now I'm up in the wilds of northern Maine. I'm very jealous. How is it? Well, first of all, it's totally beautiful. But if the sound's off a little bit this week, everybody, please forgive me. I don't have quite the right equipment here, but I'm doing my best. That's all I can do, right? <laughs> Absolutely. How was, the, how was your fourth? My fourth was great. How about yours? Um, my fourth was fine. It felt we were back in Los Angeles. So middle of a war zone, uh, pretty much. If you stepped outside, it felt like a war zone and, uh, our dog was terrified. So yeah, well, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we're going to move right along. But before we're going to do Cruella DeVille, Disney released Cruella and I was so excited to do this, but I did write a blog post which is on screenthoughts.net. If you haven't spent time there, you can read some of the written work that a number of people do on Screen Thoughts. And I wrote that whenever I was asked, who's your favorite Disney character? It was never Snow White. I mean, how boring was she? My favorite character was Cruella. You know, I was eight years old when 101 Dalmatians was released back then. And I was so relieved to finally see a girl, a mirror of myself on the screen. <laughs> Look, Everybody knew she didn't really hate dogs. I mean, come on. She wasn't going to kill 101 Dalmatians. You know, I was eight and I knew that. But she was so bold and she was so clear and she knew what she wanted. And she just was so stunningly, eccentrically amazing compared to all the, you know, dull women characters on Disney. I loved her then. But more importantly is some of the background of how Cruella was brought to fruition. So before we get to the film, we've got to talk about Cruella was the creation of Mark Davis, who I hadn't even known anything about him. But anyway, he worked for Disney and he wanted her to be a contemporary woman at the time. So we're talking about the 50s, right? Or 60s, I should say. And so he began searching in his own life for somebody who might mirror her. And he met this crazy woman at a cocktail party. And, you know, which, which I think is just wonderful that he and his wife, Alice attended in the, I guess it was the late fifties. So now they went to their grave, never saying who the woman was, but both of them acknowledged that it was somebody they knew. <laughs> and every woman who they did know thought it was not them, of course, because who knows your Cruella, you know, I mean, nobody yeah. would know that. Exactly. Um, but they, so they never revealed her name, but the inspiration from Cruella came from within the Davis's small circle of friends. And I think that's sort of cool. So Cruella was not a figment of a Disney imagination, but a really powerful, strong woman uh, from the 50s. So, Which is probably why she seems the most real of any of the villains up to that you, point. Don't you think she did? did you, I mean, but see, you're, you're a couple generations behind me. Did you watch the original 101 Dalmatians? Yeah, when I was really young, I don't really remember that. I grew up with the live action remake with Glenn Close. Oh, I loved her. That. You know what? I never saw that, and I probably should have before we reviewed this. Oh, you absolutely should. All right, everybody. So you not only have to go back to the original 101 Dalmatians and recognize that it's somebody from a She's dinner party. She's fantastic. Yeah. She's unbelievable in this role. She just transcends. <laughs> so why do you think that we're going to get into Emma Stone's role in this Corella? Corella, to me, do you remember Wicked on Broadway? Yeah. Was backstory for the Wicked Witch of the West. And I feel that this Corella is really the backstory for how Corella became Corella. Do you agree? 
Yeah, they also, I mean, of course, they're doing their Disney spin on it. So, you know, she's not nearly as evil as as you think that she is in 101 Dalmatians in either yeah. version. Um, she's misunderstood and a lot of, you know, who she ends up becoming. I know, but are we all? I, I relate to that totally. <laughs> sure. Um, but I, I think they did a great job. I enjoyed every moment of this movie. I think they uh-huh. did such a beautiful job casting it. They did a great job. The set design is great. The direction. The music. What about the music? Music's fantastic. It's probably one of the best soundtracks I've heard in a while. I think so too. I I had a blast. I did too. You know, you've got the director of I, on this. So they're definitely going left of center. Which by the way, everybody thought that was such a great film. And I saw it at the Hampton Film Festival a couple years ago. I didn't understand the big buzz on that. But wait, there are 26 songs in Corella. It's fantastic. It's one of the best soundtracks I've heard in years. I mean, yeah. there's it's kind of a lost art, the great soundtrack of films. I think Marvel kind of brought that back in a big way of having soundtracks be a big part of movies. But this is, it's of the time, it's from the time, it's of the characters, it's from the characters. It's just, it, they really went above and beyond here. Well, the other thing is though, I think that it, it, it's, I love the style. It's stylish and it's, mm-hmm. it's electric. And, you know, well, it's Stone, all about fashion. You yeah. can't be in the 70s in the fashion world and not be bold and beautiful and outrageous, especially in London. Well, also, I didn't realize when I was eight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that the fashion was part of that 101 Dalmatians, too. Oh, you know, yeah, her, her coats coat. and her, yeah, Ugh. you know. And her dramatique and, you know, her hair with the yeah. white stripe in it. When my gray started coming in, I'm like, maybe it'll come in like Cruella, you know, but it never, <laughs> it never did. Yeah. I used to tell people when they would say, well, who are you gonna, what are you going to name your daughter? And I'd say, how about Cruella? And they're like, that's, that's terrible. But I always admired her. I can't tell you. Okay. But here's the other thing. She's not a bad person. Well, in this movie, she's not. Yeah. But do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I I actually, I think they span that pretty well because I think this movie is actually about nature versus nurture. And ultimately there's two sides to Cruella, right? And I think they point that out pretty early on, right? She's, Emma Stone plays a young woman named Estella who wants to be a fashion designer. And as she's growing up, she's got this wild and bold side. And her mother tells her, you know, we don't want you to be Cruella going to school. You, you want to be good Estella. Uh, and that's where the name Cruella comes from for her. And there are the two sides to her of who she has inside of her. I think it's that old uh, Native American adage that there are two wolves inside of you. And uh, the one that you'll become is the one that you feed. And there's a good portion of the movie that she feeds Cruella. Well, but not only that, the other thing that I love, by the way, I've always loved that quote and it's so appropriate here. I hadn't thought of it, but it's brilliant. But here's the other thing though, Wilder, and that is that sometimes you don't have a choice of which wolf is fed. Yeah, I, I think what they do well in the movie is that she has the opportunity to become evil, right? to really go down that road and embrace that possible inevitability for her. And she's able to recognize what's happening. Well, we see her that she, at any moment, she has the ability to truly cross the dark side. She yeah, never does. she can step off that cliff and she recognizes it. And, you know, maybe too late, but in some situations with some of her relationships. But ultimately... It's that battle between cruel and evil, between, sorry, good and evil, 
cruel and evil, Cruella. And she's able to recognize the value in others where I think, you know, there's the villain of the movie, which is Emma Thompson, who is fantastic. There is no value to other people, to her. It's very clearly stated from her to Emma, both Emma's, from Emma Thompson to Emma Stone, that other people don't have value. They are just obstacles. I agree. So well said. I don't have anything to add to that, but I mirror it totally. I really do. This movie's rated PG-13, by the way, which we were surprised to see on a Disney film ever. Uh, They really embraced kind of the opportunity to go dark with this. And it's not terribly inappropriate. I think PG-13 is right. If you've got kids who are around that age, um, they'll be able to embrace this. I think there is kind of an opening along the lines of the live action Cinderella. So if you've got young kids, be careful with that. Um, I know a lot of kids were really traumatized when they saw the live action Cinderella in the movie theater because they kill the parents on screen. I, I mean, I wanted to ask you about, did you see Maleficent? The, yeah, the... I really did not like that movie at all. Okay, but let's look at the two characters just a little bit, okay? So she, it starts off and she's already crossed to the dark side, Maleficent. But she was not PG-13. They give you her backstory as to why. There's yeah, just Yeah, well, right. that's true, but... But that wasn't PG-13. Now, also, I was sad that you can't see it on the big screen. You know, part, yeah. of, part of the enormity of the dramatique of it all, you know, that's where we've talked about this before. I don't think big screens are going away. I don't. No, I don't think they are either. And this would have been better for me anyway. I would have loved to screen. have seen this on the big screen. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a blast. I think you're going to have a great time in a theater with a lot of others. Maleficent is rated pg just so we're all on the same page here. I know, but I can't imagine why one was and one wasn't. Do you? Um, I do think this is a darker... Well, you know, actually, it, there's quite a very dark ending to Maleficent yep. in how yep. the king is dispatched. Hello? Yeah. So, no, I'm not sure. There's, I mean, there's also a lot more fluff in Maleficent, though. There's a lot more animation. And I think the ratings council is always taken in by that. And... That's a big piece of why it's PG versus, because this lives in the darkness, right? It's not, the whole movie takes place there. Whereas in Maleficent, it's only pieces and parts. And I think there's a big difference in that when it comes to the ratings, because the entire movie, by the way, the movie is very funny. Cruella is very funny. Uh, uh, Um, Well, by the way, I am a stone. Let's talk a little bit about her talent of being able to pull off comedy with dramatique it's not drama it's dramatique there's a big difference and we have to just say that but she can pull it off and it's not just comedic timing that you need for that you need a face that can look funny that can say i'm laughing even though i'm not she's very able to make fun of herself i don't know if uh any of our audience has seen easy a it was one of her earliest films and she's quite willing to like make these faces that you're just like, oh my God, like you have such a good sense of humor about yeah. yourself yes, that you're able yes. to, to embrace the absurdity here. And she takes it to the limit in every scene. I agree. I agree. I don't know. I mean, like part of me wanted, because the dogs in this are all CG'd, which I was 
a little sad to notice because I loved them all and wanted them all to be real. Also, for $200 million, which is what they paid to make it, it seemed to me they could get a real dog in there. Well, I think that's why it was $200 million. A CG dog is way more expensive than a real dog. But her eyes, I I know that she has these magnificent, beautiful, huge eyes. And I'm like, did they CG them to make them bigger, to make her look like a Disney princess? But no, that's just her face. She's just (laughs) stunning and gorgeous and so expressive. And But it also works so well with that hair. You know, her face works with that hair. Well, and that's part of the fun of it. I think especially between her and Emma Thompson, Emma Thompson is like, she's such a force. She's such a force to be running with yeah. in every turn yeah. of this movie. Uh, and in every movie that she's in, by the way. Like, she she can do very little wrong in my book. But the two of them together are just show-stopping. Well, not only that, Hugh Grant was interviewed by that guy, Graham, from from uh, London, who I think is wonderful. I love Graham Norton. Yeah. Graham Norton show. So much fun. Yeah. Okay, so Hugh Grant was interviewed, and Graham said, you know, you had an interview about all your leading ladies, and he went through them, you know, Sandra Bullock. Well, she's crazy. And I said that, you know, and he gets to Emma Thompson and he goes, the craziest woman in the history of the world. Like, you know, she's nuts. I think Emma Thompson has that side that's a little bit off, which is so perfect. And so does Emma Stone. So, you know, that it sort of works. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not sure exactly what kind of crazy Hugh Grant is referring to. Um, in a good way or a bad way or well he basically what he did was he went on some stupid interview and totally trashed every woman he ever starred you know all of his leading ladies what's the common denominator there Hugh well and the common (laughs) denominator according to him was that they all hated him well and the common denominator there is him (laughs) yeah Hello. Yep, exactly. But anyway, all right, I've got a quote for you, Walder. I got to go into it. So Corella DeVille says, they say there are five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I'd like to add one more. Do you remember what it was? Oh yeah. My fiance and I were sitting on the couch watching together and we just looked at each other and said, revenge. (laughs) What do you think about, is that a good thing? Does that help you put to bed your grief? I mean, I sort of liked it. I sort of thought it was honest and not always do you bring in revenge, but I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. Well, I think that's the backbone of her character, right? I had to justify going that dark and that deep with her and how and why she is this twisted and, you know, so close to jumping off the edge on her own. And I think they gave us that qualifier, right? What happens to a person to allow them to embrace this level of insanity? And I think they really went for it there. And I really appreciated that there was no pretense, right? This wasn't your typical Disney movie in that sense. There were a couple of things that I I had some questions on, um, but I, I won't pose here because they're spoilers. But <laughs> You'll you'll enjoy the movie. They did a great job tying it all together and tying they it did. into yeah. the next film. I think the style of this film is incredible without sacrificing the substance, which is saying something coming from me. Uh- <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm surprised you. Yeah, we, and not only that, get this: we totally agree on this film. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to love it. I wasn't entirely sure, but yeah. I it's just a blast, and it's about something. But here's what's sad about this. Probably if you hadn't put this on the list of some one of the ones you wanted to do, I'm not sure I would have watched it. I find that surprising. 
Uh, well, and that's considering your love. And I want to say to my peers out in the in the world of uh, those who love film, you might think I'm going to skip it. I've done both the one with Glenn Close and, you know, 101 Dalmatians in the 60s. I'm not going to do it again. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. Don't miss yeah, it. Yeah, it's not Maleficent. It's not mm-hmm. for your kids. Nope. This isn't nope. a movie that you're going to sit with your five-year-old and watch and, and tolerate. You're going to enjoy this one. Yeah. In my mind, you could turn off the audio and you could just watch Emma Stone all through the whole thing. Oh, she's great. I, but yeah. the costumes are fantastic. They really embrace the world of London and the fashion world of London, the rock scene, the punk scene, the yeah. punk, all of it. Um, and Her that glasses idea, are fabulous. The way you hear about London in the 60s and 70s, they really embraced that in yeah. this. And oh, when they introduced the Rolls Royce and how she gets that car and the DeVille of it all. I mean, it's just like, it's such a joy because it's it's all those fond memories of when you're a kid and you remember her driving and like those crazy, like swirly eyes that she has when she drives because she's gone nuts over the edge. Like they just took it all in spades and leaned into it and just made it so much fun and very inclusive. Absolutely. I mean, it's not the most diverse cast I've ever seen, but there's certainly a nod to the LGBT community in a very big way. The fashion scene is unparalleled in this. You know, I was a little surprised they didn't end up going to Paris, but otherwise I had a blast with every moment of this movie. Well, it's funny because I read one review that said, and I thought they're not inaccurate. There's only three things that are consistent with the original film. One is her coats, two is the car, and three is 101 Dalmatians, you know, puppies. And other than that, it's not, it has not the same story, but it does all tie together because it is the history of, from when she came. And it does remind me very much of Wicked being the backdrop for, for, you know, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. So, I don't know. I loved it. I hope everybody sees it. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, everyone should go out and see it. I yeah. um, I did a deep dive in Disney over the weekend because I just got lost in their app for a while and had a chance to check out Raya and the Last Dragon, which was really good. I was, I was surprised how much I really enjoyed that film. That's the latest Disney animated film that's been released. Really beautifully female-centric in a way that feels really organic to the story and doesn't feel like they're trying to jam it in there like some of the others. Um, so I'd, I'd also recommend that. That one's definitely appropriate for your kids if you want to do that with your kids. But don't miss Cruella. It's a blast. And uh, what I did over the weekend was a deep dive into John Adams, the HBO series that did so oh, well. Oh man, so did we have opposite weekends. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? There's something around the 4th of July of looking at Adams and uh, I don't know, just, but it was, there's so much out there to watch. And also when you go back to a series, something like John Adams from 10 or 15 years ago, and you see it again, there's so much you realize you missed the first time around. There's a lot mm. to see. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next week. We can't wait. More to come, more to come, more to come. 